This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Ryder is a chartered financial analyst and holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. With so many people in Mississippi having their wages reduced due to the coronavirus pandemic, the Mississippi Department of Employment Security is overseeing the temporary measures in place to file for unemployment benefits. Our guests, Jackie Turner, Executive Director, and Timothy Rush, Director of Unemployment Insurance from MDES, We'll give out information during the first part of the show, then we'll take your questions. Ryder is joining us via Skype, I believe. Ryder, good morning. Good morning, Kevin. Uh, What's uh, financial news, the news here in the last uh, seven days? I think it's still been kind of a a bumpy ride on Wall Street. (laughs) No, absolutely. We've been giving, I I feel like every every day, every few days, there is a lot of financial news out there. Um, But just looking at the markets, um, it's, they've been up quite a lot. You know, this is not, um, like it. I was just, I was just checking the the dates of the lows. This is not like it was two weeks ago uh, when the S and P five hundred was was down at around twenty two hundred. Uh, we've come up. Uh, quite a lot from there. Um, so I guess usually people think when it's going up, it's calmer. It certainly is a little uh, a little bit of breathing space, though. Uh, is there any additional news about uh, the stimulus checks? Um, yeah, so I think a lot of the news about the stimulus checks, I'm, I'm not quite sure what uh, where we were last week, but a lot of the news is just kind of technicalities, like how are folks going to get it? I think some good things to um, note here, I'm not sure quite how new these developments are, but folks who are receiving Social Security benefits or Social Security disability benefits uh, and and they are not required to file taxes, um, they will be receiving checks. Uh, they will be receiving uh, their COVID benefit um, because uh, the, the IRS is just going to get that information from the Social Security Administration, so that's good. Um, I think there was some clarity on um, let's see, I know there are a number of questions on this, but folks who uh, folks who did not file taxes at all, they just didn't make enough money. You know, are they going to receive it? And the IRS still says that they're going to set up an online portal for you to give them their information. I don't see that that has happened yet, um, but uh, I know people kind of asked if they owed taxes, would they still receive a relief check? And it's uh, as far as I can tell, it's pretty much broadly, as long as you're within the income cutoffs, if you make below 75000 you get the whole thing, and that phases out gradually until you hit 100000 um, then pretty much everyone gets it. And they will be, um, you know, something like 90% of folks have their bank information on file at the IRS. So this is a pretty easy task for them. And uh, those who don't, they'll start mailing checks out um, soon. But I, I believe they said uh, it would be the first ones should start coming in the next few days. All right. That's good news. Uh, we have a couple of guests from the Mississippi Department of Employment Security. Jackie Turner is the executive director. Also joining us on the phone is Timothy Rush, director of unemployment insurance. On March 21st, the governor signed executive order number 1462 due to the coronavirus pandemic to help employees and employers during the state of emergency. Timothy, if we could, let's start with you. Tell us about some of the changes associated uh, with this emergency. The executive order uh, signed by Governor Reeves uh, does three things currently. One is that it suspended the work search requirement um, that 
normally uh, is required for individuals who file for benefits. They have to look for work or be actively seeking uh, work while they're filing unemployment benefits. That's been suspended effective March 21st, 2020, and will run through June 27th, 2020. The other thing it does, effective March the 8th, 2020, it uh, suspends the waiting period for those individuals who uh, file for benefits under normal uh, regulations, individual who signs up for benefits, they're required to uh, wait one week after signing up before uh, they're eligible for a payment. Usually, um, they have to file for two uh, weeks, whether it be consecutive weeks or uh, subsequent weeks before one week is read into them as a waiting period and then the second week is a payable week. So the executive order suspends that waiting period week and essentially um, uh, speeding up the time period whereby an individual may receive uh, unemployment benefits. The third thing the executive order did is suspend delinquencies, activities uh, for both contributions and benefits. Uh, some individuals may refer to contributions as unemployment tax where the employer is required to pay uh, tax or tort taxes, uh, report wages and pay taxes for individuals who are covered uh, under the unemployment law. If, if those employers have uh, outstanding uh, tax indebtedness, the um, executive order uh, suspends the agency's um, collection activities of uh, issuing uh, warrants or liens or garnishments uh, to intercept those uh, tax contributions. Mississippi participates in both a state intercept program and a federal interstate program, intercept program. So that order uh, suspends that uh, intercept uh, collect, collection uh, activity. And for the um, individual worker who may have a, an offset or an overpayment uh, where they may have received benefits for which they were not entitled, the delinquency process gives the agency the authority to um, offset those benefits or uh, enforce collection activities whereby individuals may be entitled to a federal tax return refund or a state tax refund. Um, the state would, MBS would intercept that money and to pay back the overpayment. So uh, under the um, COVID-19 um, emergency um, activity, the executive order uh, uh, gives the agency uh, the authority to suspend those delinquent activities. So, uh, Timothy, what uh, if there are some unemployed Mississippians that are hoping to receive some uh, benefits but have no bank account? What's the situation there? Each individual who, who is eligible for benefits uh, by uh, default, uh, the agency has um, provisions to send those individuals a debit card, and the money that they would receive on a weekly basis is loaded on their debit card, so it is not required that they have a checking account. <clears throat> uh, the debit cards are free to the customer, and they they will have uh, 
um, access to their money 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Of course, once they get to the debit card, they would have to go online or call the toll-free number to have it activated. All right. Um, also joining us is Jackie Turner, Executive Director of MDES, uh, and uh, she and Timothy are both still on the line. We have a rather lengthy email, but I think it re- it, it uh, uh, refers to what we're speaking about. So let me read through this, and if you could uh, uh, could respond to it, uh, it says, I'm 65 years old, never thought I'd be filing unemployment. Uh, March 17th, I was working when my job of 10 years told me we were going home for a while. March 23rd, they said we did not have a return date due to COVID-19. Went online with my iPhone to file March 24th, but the message said a file already existed in my name and social security number, so I had to call in. Although I'd never opened a file, I persisted to call in until I got a live person on April 3rd. The gentleman was patient and professional. He indicated there had been some problems with iPhone connections, and I have no other home computer, so he completed my process. He also indicated there was an email other than mine associated with my name, but we move forward, and I receive a text thanking me for my enrollment. My concern is now the weekly filing which I understand I must do before next Saturday or I will not be paid. On his advice, I began calling on Sunday, April 4th, and on my 59th call, I got a recording into which I held but was cut off four times. I persisted and was on hold with the recorded message until 11.30 that night. Um, I went online, but the message said my user ID did not exist. It said I must call in. I appreciate the extra hands you've signed on and the extra hour these kind and competent people are working, but this is unprecedented time, and perhaps the weekly filing is punitive. Please advise. Uh, if you can, on this particular situation. And this is Timothy. Let me respond to that, if you would. The individual who has access to uh, Internet, whether it be through a mobile device, even an iPhone, they can file their weekly certification, which is what she's referring to, through her iPhone or a mobile device. The initial sign-up, which we refer to as an initial claim, is a lengthy process, and the um, mobile phone would be very challenging to to file that claim. But since she's already had a claim filed, then the weekly process is very brief. I say very brief, short. Uh, There are about five questions that she would need to respond to. Um, such as, were you, are you able and available to work? Well, are you able to work? Are you available for work? Did you uh, refuse any work? Did you do any work? And if so, do you have a, full, a date to return back to work full time? That's about it uh, for the weekly certification. So she can do that on her, her, her cell phone or anybody else could do that on their, on their mobile device. So I, I don't recall the second part of that question in terms of what else, uh, what are the methods or access points. Uh, I think you pretty much uh, uh, addressed her concerns here, so we appreciate that. Again, that was a rather lengthy email. For Thanks uh, for uh, bearing with me through that uh, somewhat complicated situation. Uh, let's do this. We've got some more emails uh, that we'd like to read that have questions about unemployment benefits. But first, let's take a quick break. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're visiting today with Jackie Turner, Executive Director, and Timothy Rush, Director of Unemployment Insurance for the Mississippi Department of Employment Security. And we'll be back with more after this. I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. 
We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find in legal terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website at legalterms.mpbonline.org. Information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Two guests with us this morning. Jackie Turner is the Executive Director, and Timothy Rush is Director of Unemployment Insurance from the Mississippi Department of Employment Security. We've got a couple more emails here, and again, appreciate uh, your willingness to kind of take the these cold, cold calls, as they were, and you just, if you could, give us the best, you know, answer that you can uh, as we kind of go through these. This is another little bit of a lengthy email, but let me uh, read through it. It says, I filed for unemployment on March 27th online. At the end of the session, it said that they needed more information from me and that I should call a toll-free number. I've dialed the number over 500 times. I've gotten through five times and been put on hold because all operators are busy. I've yet to talk to anyone. After a few hours of hold time, the phone is disconnected. I still don't know what information they need. The question is, when I called this morning, the recording says phones are opening, are open starting at 7 a.m. I called at 745, and the recording said to call back during business hours and hung up on me. Is there an email address that I could write to to find out what questions they have for me? This is Jackie Turner, I'm the executive director. And first of all, I wanted to say thank you for allowing us to be on the program this morning and uh, answer questions to um, the listeners that the listeners need to hear. So to to answer the question, of course, it's unprecedented call volume, unprecedented claims volume all over the country and, and, and specifically here in Mississippi. So we do have some situations where a person has to call in and get some things checked out. Of course, we have the 1-888 number, which is 1-888-844-3577, and that is the lines this person probably called into, and there are 900 lines going into this call center, and if you can imagine that they are all full at one time, and the wait time is long, and um, so we have opened up, and it's found on our website and social media, alternatives avenues for people to reach us and one such avenue right now is through our wind job center network there are email addresses for each wind job center and phone numbers and yes sometimes the phone numbers at the wind job centers are busy it's all connected through one phone system but we have given each one of them cell phones more than one cell phone to be able to return calls when they need to via when someone sends them an email or leaves a message on their cell phone. So we are every day 
finding alternative ways to for people to be able to get to us. All right, a couple more questions from this email, and I think uh, some of them uh, Timothy covered at the beginning of the show. Um, it says, once I talk to someone and give them the information needed, will I be back paid to the date I filed online? Uh, if you could answer that part of the question. Yes, you will be paid from the date of eligibility, um, which may or may not be the same date of um of laid off or not working because of COVID. And of course there are there is the regular unemployment insurance that that the state of Mississippians are eligible for that where em, their employers pay into the unemployment tax system. And eligibility for a person is based on wages in a base period. So just for your listeners if if they if someone applies for unemployment the look back period for their wages is the calendar year 2019 right now when the when the quarter started again on April 1st the look back period became the calendar year for 2019 so it looks for wages during that time period um, as each quarter changes someone that wasn't eligible in one quarter may be eligible in new quarter so first of all, the regular unemployment insurance program, if you are eligible for that program, then the eligibility period will begin um, when, based on dates and things like that that the person answers questions to when they, when they file for unemployment. And those people will receive, the ones that are eligible and are currently receiving benefits or will receive benefits, when they become eligible, will receive the additional six hundred dollars that um, that was brought forth in the CARES Act that Congress passed, and the time period beginning for that was when Governor Rees signed that he signed the agreement with the federal government on March twenty eighth. So the eligibility period began the next day, March twenty ninth. Um, for people who are currently on unemployment or are eligible during that time period. We, we are proud to say that we will be able to send that additional $600 to people who are eligible for regular unemployment soon. Uh, you'll watch our social media and website and press releases, and we will be able to announce some things soon about that particular avenue of unemployment. There are others, two, I think two or three others under the CARES Act that we'll be glad to talk about at the appropriate time. All right. And one other question on this that I, I do believe that we answered. Do I still have to apply for jobs in order to receive the check? And if I'm correct, uh, Timothy told us that that uh, has temporarily uh, been waived. Am I correct? That's correct. Okay. Uh, we have got a phone call to get to, so why don't we say uh, good morning to Cliff, who's called in. Thanks for joining us, Cliff. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Yes, sir. I appreciate uh, taking my uh, call. Uh, the question I got, and it's probably already been answered, is that uh, for people that are self-employed or self-proprietorship, how is the CARES Act want to be uh, I guess allotted through the MDES. Uh, I mean, how do you fill that part out? So let me make sure we understand the question. Uh, for sole proprietorships under the CARES Act, how will we at Employment Security take your information and and establish el- eligibility? Is that the question? That is correct. 
Um, our programmers, first of all, in any of the CARES Act provisions, we at, in all the states await guidance from U.S. Department of Labor. Two pieces of that guidance we received over the weekend and as late as Sunday night, and one of them one of them deals with what is called pandemic unemployment assistance, which is the terminology used for the uh, the individuals in a situation that might be self-employed or uh, 1099 workers, independent contractors, that type. So we received that guidance late Sunday night and our legal team and programmers and business staff are analyzing all the rules to it and will be uh, putting that programming into place very soon. Will you have to do, have, will there be some additional questions for um, the scenarios for which you may be qualified under pandemic unemployment assistance, which we call PUA? Yes. If you, now, one of the questions comes up is, should I go ahead and apply? I guess the answer is, it's up to you. If you file right now without the programming in there, it, based on the current programming, it will most likely say you're ineligible if you are one of those type of workers. But based on how you answer the questions, and I believe one of the questions is about if you are self-employed and 1099 workers, this is in the normal application process, we will know those answers and be able to go back and search for you all to pick to pick you back up when the program becomes in place. Or you can wait and we will blast out on our social media press release and website when we have the programming in place to accept those applications. All right, uh, Michael, thanks for your call. We have another uh, caller on the line. So next we're going to talk to Wayne, who's called in today. Good morning, Wayne. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Good morning. Thank you. I, I have a question. I'm a truck driver going through your state. Um, my We live in Arizona, and my wife's having a hard time because she's only been employed a couple of weeks at the hair salon she's at. Um, is there anything, to, anywhere she could turn to for uh, just being employed for a couple of weeks where she was at? Now, are you saying that her wages are in Arizona or Mississippi? It's It's in Arizona. I, the, if you'll look at the provisions in the CARES Act, there are certain provisions that will more than likely apply to people who have been at a place of employment and it is closed because of COVID-19. Um, those in, in, in those situations, if she applies in Arizona and meets one of those conditions, I won't. I don't know their all their eligibility requirements because unemployment insurance for all of this is a federal and state program, and there may be state laws that affect some of this. But more than likely, a person who is self-employed, a 1099 worker, and is not working because of the uh, criteria outlined in the CARES Act for which a person may be able to draw under pandemic unemployment assistance, then she most likely will be able to draw. Okay. Um, okay. Well, thank you. All right, Wayne, thanks for your call. And again, uh, uh, Jackie, I would assume that we should probably tell Wayne uh, and his wife that they need to contact what your, I guess, sister agency in the state of Arizona would be to get specifics uh, for their yes. situation. Yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, let's get another call in before our next break. We'll talk with uh, Michael, who has called in this morning. Michael, you're on the air with us, so go ahead, please. Yes. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I was talking to a friend over the weekend and I 
sort of wouldn't believe in that it was correct. The company that he worked for, my brother works for, and they're paying his, their, them 30% of their wages, but they're not going to let them go unemployment. How, how can they do that? Michael, thanks for the question. This is Timothy. Will they not be able to draw the uh, 600 or on the Cares Act? Go ahead, Timothy. Yeah, this is Timothy, Michael. appreciate your question. The individuals who are out of work or have reduced hours um, as a result of the uh, coronavirus are eligible to file for unemployment benefits. The individuals who have uh, reduced hours and maybe reduced uh, income as a result of that, they are encouraged to file their claim. Each week when they file their weekly certification, they'll be asked if you do any work last week. And the answer should be yes. And then ask them to report their gross earnings for whatever hours they were paid or whatever they earned for that particular time period. And the system will calculate if they are due a partial unemployment check or not. But, yes, they have a right to file for unemployment benefits. All right, uh, Michael, thanks for that call. And, Timothy, I think we had an email that had a similar uh, kind of follow-up. Will the additional $600 a week apply to loss of partial partial wage loss? Yes, it will apply uh, for individuals who are working part-time or have a reduction in their work uh, hours or income. Uh, They will be uh, eligible to file for benefits. Uh, right now, we're still waiting, as Ms. Tony indicated, on some guidance from the U.S. Department of Labor. But uh, as we can determine at this point, individuals who are working part-time uh, will be required to file and report their earnings. And if they uh, meet the allowance amount and receive a partial unemployment check or benefit, I said check, we don't mail out checks, but it's deposited onto their debit card, they will be uh, entitled to the additional $600. If if you allow me just to go a little bit more detail, currently there is a allowance amount in our unemployment law that will allow an individual who's working part-time to earn up to $40 a week, and every dollar over that $40 is deducted from the unemployment. We, we then... Um, will pay that individual uh, monies that he or she is entitled to above that allowance if they don't exceed the uh, amount allowed. And on top of that partial unemployment compensation, they will receive the additional $600. All right. Okay. Uh, Thanks, Michael, for your call. Let's uh, go ahead. We take another quick break. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Today we're visiting with Jackie Turner, Executive Director, and Timothy Rush, Director of Unemployment Insurance from the Mississippi Department of Employment Security. You can email the show as well. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. Back with more of the program after this. No. 
no matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone. Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. This is MPB Think Radio's personal financial broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. And our guests this morning joining us on the phone are Jackie Turner, Executive Director, and Timothy Rush, Director of Unemployment Insurance for MDES. And before we go back to the questions, I'd just like to say I believe that I heard uh, on one of the governor's recent press briefings that there have been like a 3,000% increase in the number of claims being filed. And so uh, you can understand that the system is a little bit overwhelmed. I would say if you are employed, uh, uh, trying to get unemployment benefits. We know that's a stressful situation for you, uh, but it's a stressful situation on both ends of the equation. And so patience uh, is required. And I know that uh, the folks at MDES doing all they can uh, to make sure that they get uh, the benefits to those Mississippians who qualify for them. So again, Timothy, Jackie, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to help answer some questions. Uh, Let's get one email in before our next couple of calls. And this one says, can you assure Mississippians that the congressional intent of the CARES Act to establish unemployment eligibility to self-employed and gig workers is being translated down to the frontline staff who handle initial inquiries. The governor's proclamation of March 29th expresses full intent to comply with that element of the act. A related question, what's the correct first contact portal to use? Is there a specific page or any new form within the MDES site? The existing form seems to commence by asking for a name of an employer, and no one wants to commit to form completion that seems to disqualify them at page one. So if you could, either Timothy, Jackie, or maybe both of you, what can you tell us about uh, the gig workers? Yes, under the, this is Timothy, as you probably tell by voice, but uh, under the CARES Act, uh, individuals who would qualify as self-employed individuals, uh, they should should apply. The programming um, guidance is kind of unique in, in this regard. Uh, the federal guidance says that the state has to go through their normal process to determine eligibility because eligibility is based upon the person who is in covered employment who is not a self-employed individual. That determination has to be made that this person is not in covered employment, do not have wages in the system, and given a decision uh, showing that they are not eligible. That has to happen first. So that's what uh, the director attorney meant earlier when she mentioned that the person can go ahead and file now, and the system will reach back and uh, identify those individuals who did not qualify because they were self-employed or were issued a 1099. Once that determination is made, then the system will go back and uh, redetermine eligibility. At that point, which is not now, and that point will be hopefully uh, uh, within the next week when the system is programmed to identify um, those individuals who are self-employed. At that point, they will be able to continue that claim process, uh, being asked to provide such information, maybe it's a 1099, uh, proof of wages or contractual service income for a particular time period, and again, we'll be looking at the time period of the calendar year of 2019. Um, if the individual doesn't have the 1099 and has a proof of income for uh, that time period, 
then it will be required to submit that proof to the determination unit to determine uh, how much they qualify for for a uh, PUA claim, which is, again, the pandemic unemployment assistance. Uh, as far as assurance, uh, uh, we have the assurance of the federal government that they will provide the funding to support the program. And we have the assurance of our, of our vendors that our unemployment system, which has been very reliable up until this point, will be available to process those claims. And once we have the detailed information uh, to give to our frontline staff about the particulars, of the uh, uh, pandemic unemployment assurance assistance program, then they will be given more specific information. Right now, we really don't have the detailed guidance that we need or we're waiting for for from the Department of Labor to be able to uh, uh, push out that information to the frontline staff and to the public. Other than the fact that the the governor did uh, sign an agreement with the Department of Labor uh, supporting this um, uh, pandemic unemployment assistance uh, program, so we will we will process those claims and we will uh, make eligible determinations and uh, uh, make those uh, uh, payments as soon as we possibly can. And uh, this is a related question, I think. Another email: uh, ten, What about ten ninety nine employees that work for religious organizations? Are they eligible for unemployment benefits? Yes, this is Jackie. Um, it is our understanding that individuals who are suffering under the COVID-19 scenario that meet one of the individual circumstances that is outlined in the CARES Act, that they are most likely eligible under the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program, including church employees. Okay. Like uh- Timothy said... There is still some guidance that we are combing through and waiting for from the U.S. Department of Labor. But as we understand it, that is the case. Uh, yeah. And as I think that's this, you know, this is so unprecedented and this is kind of new ground. Uh, and so it's taking a little bit of time to kind of, I guess, iron out the details. And again, uh, I would hope that people would be a little bit patient. Again, we understand it's a stressful situation all around, but hopefully this will all be worked out uh, in the coming weeks. Let's uh, go back to the phone lines. Uh, Lois has called in today. Good morning. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. I, I missed the part about people that are on uh, SSI and Social Security. Do they still get a check? Yes. Uh, I believe you're talking about the, the COVID relief payments, um, which is uh, $1,200. Uh, the IRS will be sending those out. And they did provide guidance, um, I believe, last week saying that if you even if you didn't file taxes, if you were receiving uh, because you were receiving Social Security, SSI, etc., uh, they would still be able to send out your payments. Um, and I believe they said that those payments would start coming out um, on April the 9th. Um, so obviously, that's gonna it's gonna take a few days to to do all process all of those, but those should start coming out soon for you. All right, Ryder. As long as we've got you there, uh, here's an email. Uh, that, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lois. I, I'm just okay. What if you have a debit card and your debit card already tells you um, we don't have no information on the stimulus? Does that mean they already know? What do you mean a, a debit card that your um, your payments come to? Yes. Um, and they're saying that they don't have any information on it. 
stimulus, yes. When I call my car, that's the first thing that pops up. Mm. Um, this is, uh, because this is obviously all quite new, I, I believe not a lot of people have a lot of information on it. So I, I don't, that, I don't think that means that it is not coming to you. I think that possibly just means they are not sure when it is coming to you yet. And, and to be fair, I don't think, uh, many people know exactly when it will be coming to well, them. Uh, these dates not- have been moving around quite a lot i mean ever since it was proposed um right but that's i i but what from, from all of the guidance that i have read hang on a second Ryder. go ahead los yes because they already say a stimulus payment that they have no information does that mean they already know through irs or government about my debit card the is the debit card is that attached to your bank account I don't have a bank account. I have Direct Express from my SSI and Social Security. Okay. Um, I don't know specifically for that situation, but I believe that the IRS will be sending it to whatever payment uh, preferences you have, which would be your Direct Express. Right. Um, right. And as far as I, I believe they may be saying they don't know or they don't have any other information simply because nobody has any more information. Um, I, I think the, the guidance from you know the IRS is simply that it's coming, um, but they haven't given, you know, that that's almost all of the guidance. I just wondered, because they said that, would it come direct to my debit card or check, or how would it come? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, my best my best guess is that it will come to your debit card. All right, thank but you. But, again, nobody knows. All right, Lois, thanks for your call. Uh, let's do this one final break. When we get back, we still are, are on the line with Timothy Rush uh, and Jackie Turner from the Mississippi Department of Employment Security. Let's see if we can't work in a couple of phone calls and emails before the show ends. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We'll be back with more to wrap up the show after this. Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpvonline.org. to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here, and today we are visiting with Jackie Turner, Executive Director, and Timothy Rush, a Director for Unemployment Insurance for the Mississippi Department of Employment Security. Ryder Taff on the line with us from with uh, via Skype as well. Uh, just a quick follow-up um, about the stimulus checks. If you don't have a direct deposit on file, there will be an online portal created soon where you can add the information. The IRS has yet to set that up, uh, but will be doing so shortly. So you could go to irs.com gov uh, to do that. Uh, we've got next another caller on the line, so let's say good morning to Taniquel. Good morning. You're on the air with us, so go ahead, please. Okay, I was trying to see when will we start receiving the $600 with unemployment? Uh, 
This is Jackie Turner. Uh, are you eligible for regular unemployment, or are you self-employed or a 1099 worker and would potentially qualify for pandemic unemployment assistance? Yes, I was laid off. I was working with the casinos. Uh-huh. So I'm, I do get regular unemployment starting today. Okay, so if someone is drawing... If someone is drawing regular unemployment or eligible for our normal unemployment, then the additional $600 um, should be coming to you through the same method as you receive your unemployment, uh, your regular unemployment payment through a debit card or direct deposit within, uh, we're we're being um, um, proactive with this and and we are saying that it should be coming within the next week. Um, that is our goal. It's a lofty goal, but we have programmers and business analysts here that are making the programming changes now. We, we have a couple of questions to clear with our U.S. Department of Labor, and then we will be ready to implement that. Okay. So well, we're, we're excited we're, about that. Will we receive that $600 weekly without unemployment, or how would that go? As long as you're eligible for unemployment, you will receive it with your weekly uh, Mississippi amount through, I believe, the date is, um, hold on just a minute, July 31st. It's for a limited time period. And remember this, you have to, everyone has to be eligible for unemployment under their state rules. That means receiving some type of unemployment and then if you receive that, $600 will be added to it through July 31st based on eligibility for each week. So it, does that answer your question? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank All right. you. Thanks for your call. Uh, let's stay on the phone lines here. Uh, next, we are going to go to uh, Jazalyn, who's called in today. Good morning. You're on the air with us, so go ahead, please. Good morning. Hello. I was calling because I... Um, when I did, when I found my unemployment claim, I'm showing that I'm having a eligibility issue. Um, it's showing twice for this week and also for March 28th, and it's showing that I, I'm not getting paid for it. And I have some questions about that. What does that mean? Because I've never filed unemployment before. This is my first time. Um, for regular unemployment, just at normal everyday rules when you file unemployment there is a base wage period and when you establishing the eligibility for a person looks back to your base wage period so when the quarter began on april 1st that base wage period is the calendar year 2019 so if you worked for an employer or employers during that time period that pay into the unemployment insurance tax system, then you are most likely going to be eligible for unemployment. If you did not work or have insufficient wages based on the eligibility in Mississippi um, during that base period, it may say that you are not eligible at this time. So every qu- it's, it, the, the base period changes at the beginning of each quarter. So you may not be eligible at this time based on UI eligibility criteria, but try again. And then because of the other 
provisions under the CARES Act, there may be some additional assistance that a person would be qualified for under pandemic unemployment assistance and some other scenarios. So it's your your message that says you have eligibility issues is most likely um, looking back at your base period and your and having insufficient wages or working for an employer that doesn't pay into the tax system. I would encourage you to send an email to your local and job center and ask that question. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks for your call. Uh, to contact uh, the MDES, you can go to their website. And, and uh, Jackie, Timothy, make sure this is correct information I'm giving out here. The website is mdes.ms.gov. The contact center number is one eight 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 four four three five seven seven. Is that correct? That is correct. And just remember that we also have our Local Wind Job Center email addresses and phone numbers on the website and pushed out in social media as well. And that is an alternative uh, way to reach us with the backed up call center lines. Got about a minute or so left, Jackie. Just kind of a, a parting shot, anything that you would like uh, Mississippians to know about uh, the current situation? Again, I guess patience on, on both ends of the equation would certainly be appreciated. Yes, that would be appreciated. Well, I mean, we know everyone is frustrated. We are frustrated that we can't serve people timely. So patience would be appreciated. And we are every day bringing in internally and externally new ways to serve our customers. And we have some things coming online within the next few days that we think will be helpful to the public out there. And as we know more and can tell you more about each of the provisions of the CARES Act, we will do so through social media, our website, and, and most likely press releases as well. Thank you for having us on today. All right. And again, big thanks to you, Jackie and Timothy, for handling all of those uh, calls and questions. Again, cold calls. We appreciate the information uh, that you gave out to us. And I'd like to wrap up the show by repeating the information for contacting the Deployment, uh, Department of Employment Security. Their website is mdes.ms.gov. The call center is one 888 844-3577. And if you're experiencing difficulty uh, filing your uninsurement, um, unemployment insurance claim, you can also contact the local Wind Job Center. There are 40 across the state, and they can you can reach them via email or phone. Uh, and uh, the MDES website has that information on their website as well. That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate uh, Jackie Turner and Timothy Rush for joining us and uh, we will be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 